What's up? Hello, everybody. Alex Kapitko here, and this is the Centered from Reality podcast. It is Saturday. I'm doing a little casual episode here, a short, brief, casual episode. So no collared shirt today, no suit. Instead, just a Real Madrid t-shirt, so bear with me to say the least. But I, I don't usually do episodes on Saturday, but as I was watching it rain today, as I got out and went on a run while it rained on me, I was really doing some thinking about Tucker Carlson, doing some reading about Tucker Carlson, and then I found this 2003 C-SPAN interview that Tucker, Carl- that Tucker Carlson does where he basically calls out Bill O'Reilly for being a fraud and kind of predicts Bill O'Reilly's future, but also at the same time almost predicts his own downfall almost, what, 20 years, yeah, 20 years later. So I'm going to play the clip, and then I just want to go through why Tucker Carlson, more than other propagandists these days, why he actually really confuses me more than others. So let's watch this minute video, and then I'll just get into some thoughts, and then we'll get out of here. Another quote from your book, Bill O'Reilly's success is built on the perception that he really is who he claims to be. If he ever gets caught out of character, it's over. That's right. I, I, I say before that that, you know, Bill O'Reilly's really talented. He's more talented than I am. You know, he's got a lot more viewers than I do. He's a better communicator than I am. Uh, but I think there's kind of a deep phoniness at the center of his shtick. Uh, and again, as I say, the shtick is sort of built on this perception that he is the character he plays. He is every man, this kind of, po- he's not right wing, he's a populist this kind of Irish Catholic populist fighting for you against the powers that be. And that's great as a shtick, but I'm just saying the moment that it's revealed not to be true, it's over. The moment he gets caught, you know, slapping a flight attendant on the Concorde for not bringing his champagne fast enough or barking at, you know, one of his subordinates to take the, you know, brown M&Ms out of my bowl and get me a bottle of Evian or something like that. The second that makes page six, it's over, right? Because the whole thing is predicated on the fact that he is who he says he is, and just nobody is that person, especially not someone who makes a million dollars, you know, or many millions a year, as he does. At Huntington Beach, California. The reason why this video is so fascinating to me is because it actually gives me more questions than answers. And 20 years ago, you just see a very different guy. His transformation really fascinates me, and it also confuses me. You see a guy who, first off, calls out Bill O'Reilly's bullshit, but in a way also predicts his own downfall. And he understands what is wrong when you play a character on TV that is out of touch with your real-life persona. Of course, you jump forward 20 years, and this is exactly what he has done. So this gap of the last 20 years, a lot has changed in this guy. And I guess I would say that like I've never been a giant Tucker Carlson fan. But prior to Trump, especially, I always found him somewhat palatable. He sometimes, he sometimes had some good thoughts on issues. And he was, he was not a grifter. He was not as much of a liar. He was not a propagandist. He was just that kind of sta- like establishment conservative who had ties to the Swanson Meat family. So he grew up wealthy and he was a California conservative, right? Kind of a Reagan-esque California conservative, you know, boat shoes living down in Newport Beach or I think it was San Diego actually, but you get the drift. Like he wasn't some like populist middle America conservative. This was a Sperry topsiders on a boat down in Southern California conservative. And I remember also his early stuff. He would go on C-SPAN first off, which you would never see him go anywhere off of Fox News or the Daily Wire or any of these conservative media ecosystems. And back in the day, though, he was hesitant towards authority, hesitant towards grifters, He liked kind of strong leadership figures. 
I, I even remember when he was pro McCain. And that to me now just seems insane because he's been touting conspiracies from a guy who literally despises John McCain more than anything. So this stuff is just insane. None of it checks out. But I think the, the thing that really keeps me confused about Tucker Carlson's transformation is he already came from money. So I never understood... Because, okay, look, a lot of people right now will say Tucker Carlson is doing this. He is lying to his viewers because he wants money. It's all a grift. And I don't know if I buy that because this is a guy who came from money and especially in the modern era, is one of the only journalists I can think of that didn't need to make money, right? He already had the money, so there was no reason for him to just come in and just shoot for profits over everything. This guy could not get paid doing it. He'd be fine, at least from what I understand about him. And so, so the money thing has never made sense to me. And I guess I can't help but wonder if his entire worldview, all of his political positions have really changed due to his own personal political experiences and what he's been around during his career. You almost wonder if it's kind of like jaded him and made him angry and resentful, because that's what I see in this. I see a guy who hates the establishment and just wants to go after liberals, even if he's lying to himself, right? And what I mean here is that I wonder if he's become this way, not for money, but because he's lived around liberals for too long and has started to despise their views He's felt alienated. He's always been the conservative in a sea of, of Democrats. And when maybe when you get alienated by liberals, you feel like you don't belong with them. Maybe they make fun of your views. You kind of get bitter. And I think we see this phenomenon a lot. Like some of the most extreme conservatives come from liberal campuses, liberal East Coast bubbles, East Coast cities, West Coast cities. I mean, I think of Ben Shapiro, right? Like, went to Harvard. Or maybe Yale wasn't. You'll fact check beyond that. But UCLA as well. He's from LA. Obviously, he's an Orthodox Jew, so it's a little bit different. But Tucker is from California, right? Lived amongst elite liberal East Coast bubbles while he was working. And I guess you just can't help but wonder if maybe his worldview changed because he, just start, he, he started to despise what was happening around him and it didn't fit what he wanted and he was tired of being ridiculed and condemned and criticized by liberals and so now he's just kind of out he doesn't actually give a shit about what he thinks but he's kind of on almost like a revenge tour because he's just anti-anti-Trump right he's he's fine with just doing whatever is against the liberals and I think this makes more sense to me than just him wanting money and I think in a lot of lot of ways it kind of makes sense about the MAGA base like, and, and not, not all of the MAGA base, because as, as I've talked about, there's different reasons and different categories of why people vote for Trump. But I think in the case of some voters, it's not because they actually love Trump. They probably see through it. They know he's not morally there, but he's a bulwark or a middle finger or some sort of wall between the liberal society they see as ruining the country and what they themselves connect with. And I don't agree with this worldview because I think the Trump, that Trumpism and potentially DeSantisism are much worse than whatever's happening in coastal cities. But I, I think Tucker is maybe a victim of the culture war more than people actually think. And maybe that's why this has all happened. To be, to be honest, it, it would not surprise me whatsoever. And going even further into this transformation or metamorphosis or just moral corruption, whatever you want to call it, 
they all mean the same to me. But another example is how if there's any issue that makes Trump look bad or that the Democrats support or if there's a narrative that MSNBC and CNN or Biden has about anything, he always tries to give an alternative answer, even if it's complete bullshit. And I think we've seen this with him embracing the Great Replacement Theory. Who knows if he actually buys into any of it, but because a lot of Democrats uh, want you know border reform but also support immigration, he has gone on the side of Great Replacement Theory, like immigrants are replacing naturalized American citizens. And he seems to just keep bringing it up because it's an alternative to what the Democrats want, which shows me he is becoming just kind of a contrarian of truth. Same thing is with January 6th, right? Like, this is a guy who probably 20 years ago would have been shocked, just would have been mind blown if, if anyone tried to do this to the Capitol. But because it makes Trump look bad because Democrats are going after Republicans about it. And because it kind of is troubling for his entire last four years of rhetoric, he's now producing that Patriot Purge documentary, which is how this was a giant like false flag that locked up innocent Americans. Like he's gone down just quite a rabbit hole of just providing fake news just because he always is against the popular opinion. And that's my issue with contrarians and skeptics in general is that they're always so willing to be behind and against anything that even when it's just obvious, they still have to go against it. And I think that's kind of dangerous when you have this post-truth era that we're in, where his rhetoric is actually like causing people to believe just crazy shit. And I think that's kind of why we are in the situation that we're in now. And I don't think he, he will, you know really ever get in a serious amount of legal trouble or anything for this, but I do think there could be actual blowback maybe from viewers. And the reason I say all of this is because I think a lot of people, both on the right and the left, think that Tucker is going to survive this whole thing, just because even though we watched that C-SPAN video at the beginning of him calling out Bill O'Reilly for being a character and saying it's going to backfire, I think, I think a lot of people think that Tucker's calculated that things have changed, and we're in such a weird media ecosystem that he can survive this. And I could be wrong, and maybe those people are right, and maybe he will survive this, but I actually think that there might, there might be blowback, and Tucker's playing with fire here, especially now Kevin McCarthy as well, sending him that January 6th footage. I think all of this is actually playing with more fire than people think. And the reason I say this is because if Tucker was the only guy on TV who was playing this character... I think he could probably get away with it because there would be no blowback, there'd be no alternative narratives, there'd be no other figures calling him out that people trusted in the MAGA right. But the thing here is that there's now an entire ecosystem on places like Newsmax and OAN, and these commentators sometimes believe it, and their viewers believe it, and you can have like the Eric Bowings or the Scott Kellys or whatever his name is on or Greg Kelly, I believe it is, on, on Newsmax. You have these guys who actually believe all this stuff, and they can come out there on the air and say, hey, guys, like, behind the scenes, Tucker is pretty much a never-Trumper. Him and Don Lemon pretty much have the same views about Trump, and he's lying to you guys because you think you're stupid. Like, what I mean here is that I think there's enough other people doing the same thing that Tucker's doing that they actually might be able to pull people away and turn the audience on Tucker. And 
I think I think he's gone too far this time. I I really do. And of course, they will try to cover this up. He is the number one cable show in the nation, so there's always the chance he survives this. But when you have Newsmax and OAN and with like actual crazy believers on it, I think it's easier for them to turn Tucker's viewers to a different network and they say Tucker's a grifter. He's lying to you and he's actually a never Trumper. So anyways, I, I think Tucker's whole journey, if you want to call it that, has been really fascinating. I've been following it just because since he's gone kind of down this rabbit hole of conspiratorial thinking, it's fascinated me. And now these texts have kind of just proved to me what I've thought all along. And will he survive this? Let me know. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Twitter, what else there is. I'm sure there's more. But anyways, Daylight Savings tomorrow. I got to get up early. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And let me know what's up with Tucker.